Warning! The following episode contains mature subject matters, mentions of immigrant culture, and a Brazilian host with the energy of a chaotic vampire. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Laura Farito Show. My name is Laura Faritos, and this is my show. <laughs> that sums it up. This is episode 7, My Villain Origin Story. Enjoy! Depois que a putaria começou a rolar no mundo, no mundo, no Ai, ai, ai. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to my show. Welcome back if you've listened to my previous episodes. Welcome for the first time ever. If this is the first episode you're listening to, let me introduce myself. My name is Laura Faritos. I'm a Brazilian immigrant. I've been living in Canada for roughly 10 years now. And this podcast is really my outlet to talk about my unusual lived experiences, to interview fascinating people I come across, and to promote businesses or brands I believe in. That sums it up. Wow, I'm really getting better with these introductions. Today's episode is a story time episode and this is one of my friend's favorite stories that I tell about my character development and I call the story my villain origin story and you'll see why. I'm going to preface this by letting you know early on that I was a really ugly kid growing up. <laughs> Like, don't feel bad for me. I know I had my glow up. I know that I look good today. I'm very much aware that I'm attractive today. And you think, oh, you're so cocky calling yourself attractive. But no, considering that I went to years thinking I was ugly and only recently like in november of 2022 realized that hold on a second maybe just maybe i'm not ugly and this is all in my head <laughs> so from now on my motto is to not only let myself know but let everyone else know that i'm hot i am hot and i'm a thought <laughs> um But growing up, I was a very, very weird looking kid. And the reason for that is because I was really premature. I, I went through puberty earlier than everyone else in my generation did. Like, a lot of the kids that I went to school with got their, like, went through puberty around the ages of like 11, 12, you know, most girls that I knew either got their periods between the ages of um, 11 to 12 or 13 and all the boys that I knew started to get like, you know, beards and things like that only around the time that they were like 14, 15, 16. So... I was an early bloomer, which made me a freak, because by the age of nine years old, I already had my period. Which means that by the age of seven years old, I already had 
you know, body hair and like growth spurs and all those things. And um, yeah, I'm going to talk about my experience with my early period at nine years old <laughs> at a different episode because that's a whole other thing. But long story short, I was premature. I am at the age of 26 years old. My height is 5'11", which, whoop, not 5'11", whatsoever, um, 5'3". I'm not 5'11". I wish I was 5'11". I am 5'3". So that in centimeters would be 163 centimeters. So 1 meter, 63 centimeters tall. I know my American listeners would hear this and be like, why are you saying three different types of conversion? Well, not everybody talks about feet and inches, okay? So, it takes me a while. Um, anyway, why did I bring this up? It's because I have been the same height since I was 11 years old. <laughs> so, today, people see me at, you know, the prime height of 5 foot 3 and they think, oh, she's short. But take a second and picture an 11-year-old my height. Then you'll understand what I'm talking about. Because nine years old, I was huge, huge compared to everyone in my class. And seven years old is really when the growth spur and the body hair and everything started to kick in and it just made me look unproportional and weird um kids in my school nicknamed me like dumbo like the elephant because his ears were huge and i used to have huge elephant ears and I ended up having a plastic surgery on my ears by the time I was like 12 or 13 because it was really messing me up, like really messing me up. And they removed cartilage from my ears and pulled them back. Like I think they almost had to sew my ears back so that they stayed like that. Like it was a whole thing. Anyway, um, this story takes place around the time that I was seven years old. That's when I had my villain origin story. I was already dealing with early puberty and no one told me about that. My hormones were all over the place and the bullying started to escalate a lot that year because before I was dealing with name calling and rumors and things like that and I was like trying to be the bigger person about it. But the bullying escalated when two boys that I went to school with decided that not only were they going to name call me and offend me, but they decided that they were entitled to beat me up after class. It started with an escalation of one of them throwing my school, school supplies out of the window. And the other one thought that was hilarious, you know, and we complained to the teachers and the principal and they were like, oh, boys will be boys. So one day my mom was sitting in the dentist office waiting for her appointment 
and she receives a call from my school. And up until that point, she never received calls from my school. I would come home crying and tell her about reasons why she should be the one calling the school. But the school never called her, especially not to complain about me at that point. She picks up the phone and it turns out that they want her to come to the school to sign a suspension slip because her daughter was being suspended for two weeks. And my mom at first was like, what could you possibly want to suspend my seven-year-old daughter for? And the reason for that, folks, was because her seven-year-old daughter chose violence. <laughs> okay. But I didn't just choose violence in the moment. No, 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 no. I waited. I plotted. I took my revenge through the violence. <laughs> and that's why I think it was the premeditated aspect of this that made them want to suspend me for two weeks. So, <laughs> basically, here's what happened, right? Um, one day, I fought back when the guys um, cornered me and they were trying to do their usual routine to beat me up. And I, I fought back and I escaped the boys and I, I ran downstairs to look for where the teachers and the parents were. And first of all, like, why did any teacher, any school staff leave us alone in the classroom after classes were over is something that's beyond me because I was a daycare teacher for five years. And granted, I was seven years old there. I wasn't in the daycare. But still, like as a teacher, I couldn't fathom the idea of finishing a shift and just being like, okay, bye, see you. And just leaving children by themselves in a classroom to pack and go find their parents. Find, like that's insane to me today. But that's what happened back then. And um, anyway, I escaped the boys that were beating me up. I ran downstairs to the parking lot where the teachers and the parents were like meeting up and my mom hadn't arrived yet and I was like okay well at least I have adults here that are gonna keep me safe from them trying to continue to beat me up and I was crying and I was choking up and I couldn't even like speak for myself and somehow those fuckers those little shits who beat me up who the whole school knew that they always beat me up like it wasn't a secret to anyone they just chose not to do anything about it um, somehow they managed to create an entire narrative for the school that I somehow attacked them without warning like they were victims like look at this bullshit like everyone knew what they did to me all the time but they still were super quick to believe and demonize me. And they were like, wow, how dare you try and sneak up on them and attack them. They, they're just trying to go on with their day. And it's like no one asked them how dare they attack me. 
every single day up until that point. Like, at one point, I shit you not, seven-year-old Laura was getting booed. Booed, as in, like, crowds of children going boo, like, until my mom came to pick me up. Um, that's when I realized that reacting with violence in the moment did not serve me well because they were attacking me and I chose violence. I attacked back. But instead of me getting away with it like a survivor, somehow I got away with it as the attacker. They turned the narrative around me. So that followed my second realization, which was that the school would never see me as the victim, no matter what I did. They would always make me to be the villain, no matter how much I tried to be the hero. It just wasn't going to happen. I was not meant to be the hero. I was the villain, whether I liked it or not. And that was the day that I decided to give them a reason not to like me. Because at least I could preserve my dignity. They were not going to like me no matter what I did. So I might as well give them a reason to. So there I was, grade 2, little girl, crying under my bed the day that I got home. After, you know, they beat me up. They created a narrative for the school that I beat them up. They humiliated me on top of bullying me. And I was just over it. And I was crying. And I remember, you know, drying up my tears. <laughs> and just like straightening my face up. Like straight up a villain, villain origin moment. Because that's when I decided that I was no longer going to choose violence in the moment. So you know what I did? I saved up my lunch money for two weeks. And once I had somewhat around like 20 bucks, which for children, it's a fortune. Once I had somewhat around like 20 bucks saved up, I approached a group of grade four boys. Just a reminder, I was in grade two at the time. So I approached a group of four boys that were like two years older than me. I pointed to one of the guys who beat me up regularly, the guy who was usually in charge of ordering, like deciding when it was time for me to be to be beat up. So I guess I considered him the leader. <laughs> I pointed to that guy and I said to the four kids that I approached, I was like, beat him up and tell him Laura told you to. Also, tell him you like my money and you will happily take more money to beat him up in the future if he annoys me again. <laughs> um, long story short, the kids ended up breaking one of his legs. And I got suspended for two weeks. But when I came back from suspension, I was an entirely different person. Like, that was the catalyst to my villain era and why everyone was afraid of me throughout up until high school um, from that point on I established with the kids in my school that if they crossed me I wouldn't retaliate right away but I would retaliate and I would use money to pay people to do that for me <laughs> gangster gangster moves Granted, I can't really take all the credit for coming up with this gangster moves because 
the night those boys beat me up and you know turned the narrative around and all of those things and I came home crying when I stopped crying and I decided I was gonna change the narrative around coincidentally I went downstairs and my uncle was watching the godfather so I can't take credit for my behavior because <laughs> the mafia might be to blame <laughs> I'm laughing so much now that I think of it because I'm imagining the Don Corleone music playing in the background while four-year-old Laura is just telling the grade four boys, you know? You know how many Yu-Gi-Oh card this money can get you? <laughs> Listen, I'll give you a blue eyes white dragon if you go hit that kid in the head with a rock. <laughs> <laughs> you come to me on the day of my ballet concerto to ask me a favor? <laughs> oh, my ballet, my ballet story. That's a whole other episode for you. I got kicked out of ballet when I was 13 years old. And that was because I beat up a girl in the middle of a concert. So that's a story for another day <laughs> um but yeah that's my villain origin story you know my gangster seven-year-old self you know inspired from the creators of don corleone we bring you con lore leone <laughs> that pun sounded better in my head to be fair English isn't my first language, so you you need to forgive me for bad puns because I always feel proud when I come up with them, even if they're not good. Okay? So this is my character development arc, you know, one of them at least, of how I started to become a villain. And I hope that gets you to know me a little better. And this was the episode. You've made it to the end. You listened to my voice this whole time and it didn't drive you crazy. Congratulations. Thank you so much for supporting me. I truly appreciate it. If it wasn't for you, I would be talking to myself. So, <laughs> thank you. If you'd like to stay up to date with my weekly episodes and occasional videos, please follow me on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Laura Faritos. If you'd like to stay up to date with my work besides the show, please go ahead and sign up for my monthly newsletter. There I summarize key takeaways from my episodes, I share links to any other content I produce, and I also include tickets to comedy shows, so that's always nice. Finally, if you'd like to take an extra step and support the making of the show, please consider making a one-time donation, buying my merch, or signing up for my Patreon for just $2 a month. You get all my content ad-free, full length, and sometimes even the behind-the-scenes process. I'm looking at you, media production students. You like the show? Huh? Do you? Do you? You like the show? Prove it. Give me your money. Pay me cash. Dollars. I want dollars. This has been a public service announcement. See you in the next episode. Ciao, ciao.
Sou foda.